All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is a PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, how's it going? Not bad, my man. How are you? I'm doing great. How was your week? Very slow. My parents were out of town for the majority of the weekend, so... Vacation? A little mini vacation, yes. That's all right. So you had the house yourself? Uh, Me and my brother and my four dogs. All right. So, yeah. Cool. So, oh, yes. um, I almost forgot before we went on the air. We were talking about what we're going to be doing tonight. Uh, We also have to look at the war games for tomorrow night. Oh, yes. Unless, uh, I mean, uh, are you going to watch it? Because I know you don't watch it next week. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll probably watch this one because... I'm a fan of the war games concept. Okay. And I'm hoping I get a, a toxic attraction sighting. Oh, they're 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 they're, they're going to be you know, in one of the war games. Yeah, because I I haven't seen them live yet. So. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be in uh, one of the war game matches. Okay, very good. All right, so yeah, my week's uh, been not too bad. I. St- <sighs> I swear, I am amazed at what I saw this week when I opened my Anchor app and saw the 2021 wrapped. Uh, yeah, that was that was a surprising little uh, nugget wrapped under the Christmas tree. I mean, yeah, I wonder if we should, if we should, we should bring that up right now before we get into everything. Um, yeah, why not? Let's let's do that. So, um, let me just pull up Anchor. So I have it. Uh... And I, I actually have the screenshots uh, on my phone. Saved on my phone. Okay, very good. So I don't have to. Yay. No, 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 I have to save them. Alright, okay. so... This is what we've we found earlier this week, and I have to say, these numbers are... So, it starts on January 4th, we released our first episode of the year, episode 103. Yeah, we've done a lot of episodes this year. And then, the numbers here, were you had some impressive growth this year. With followers up 250%, hours up are up 120%, listeners are up 100%, and streams are up 71%. Very good. Now, for, I've often wondered at uh, what time of day our listeners usually listen to our show. Well, Ben, 47% of our fans listen to us between 5 p.m. and 11 p.m., making it the most popular time. Oh, very, very good. So we have a lot of night owls listening to us, right along with me. And you, because, ladies and gentlemen, because my co-host has a big mouth and loves his rants, we've released 5,055 minutes of content across 52 episodes. Oh Lord, you, you know well, well when you when you have me review Monday Night Raw, what do you expect <laughs> me to do? I mean, it's it's just complete bullshittery. And I, I will warn you, although I pawned the responsibility of Monday Night Raw off on you for this week, 
I am responsible for reviewing SmackDown, and that episode sucked <laughs> so, so bad. Oh, I know it did. Holy that, shit! That, that I'm going to I'm going to have to release another rant. So, so we're gonna add to our minutes for the year. Well, we well we have we have a little bit of help. Uh, we have a little bit of help for you on uh, the SmackDown reports. Yes, and you gave me a heads up prior to that. Yes, I did. So, uh, and what do we we say we uh, we uh, tell the fans what we have for them tonight. Yes. So we have, we have Monday Night Raw, of course. I'll be taking that. Thank ben, you. Ben will be taking Dynamite. I will be taking Rampage. And Ben will be taking SmackDown. And then, now, yesterday I got the Pro Wrestling Illustrated issue for February of 2022. And this has the top 50 tag teams. Oh, so God. we're going to take a look at that. Uh, at the end of the show, uh, before we go into time warp and the wrestling roulette. So, so, in other words, you're setting me up for a second rant on the evening. <laughs> I apologize because you saw the top ten list. Yes, and uh, and number seven had me wanting to break things. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right, so I say we get into Monday Night Raw. Absolutely, let's go. Now, I don't think I'm going to put our fans through any pain and torture, so I'll make it short for them. Thank you. And for my co-host. So, high points... You, you are a blessed soul, sir. <laughs> so, high points for me had to... Was, of course, RK Bro and the Dirty Dogs and uh, everything that uh, happened backstage with uh, Randy and Riddle. Riddle putting the wig on Randy Orton, and Orton saying, you have two seconds to take that off. <laughs> exactly. That was hilarious. And I also have to say, another high point for me, the Seth Rollins-Kevin Owens segment backstage with the Rollins calling Owens a liar. Yeah, and I, I, like, I like how they played off each other in, in the main event. I I, lo- I loved uh, their work throughout that match, you know, especially Seth Rollins on the on the mic. I thought that was very good. I, I don't know, like uh, some people might not like Seth Rollins. I like this this Seth Rollins. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not my all time favorite. He's not, he's not my he's not my, like my favorite, but I like this Seth Rollins. He's entertaining. Especially when he's when he's like laughing, and he he's like liar. <laughs> yes. Well, you did a very effective impression. Um, and and the uh, the suits and the pajamas he chooses to wear. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's a braver man than me to wear that on national television. So pretty much, uh, that's those are my high points. My low points. However, were the contract signing because we all know in the history of uh, what, of watching this show, contract signings are never any good. No, no, it's it's such an outdated concept that just doesn't work. And also, a little point: the Mysterios uh, versus the Hurt Business. Now, let me say this 
First of all, let me just add a high point. Edge and Miz promo, I really enjoyed that. But back to uh, her business. The, team, the video of Bobby Lashley, they're making it sound like he's coming back as a face. Yeah, well, I, well, I disagree with that, but that's another topic. Well, because they, they, they showed that video of him like in the army and stuff, right? Yeah. So I mean, isn't it usually uh, when they usually that that no like I, it sounded like they were, he was coming back to face. I didn't say he is coming back to face. Well, you know we'll have to see. I'm not sure, but you know I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on one of your high points. Which um, one? The Edge and the Miz promo. I thought okay. it, I thought it was terrible. Okay. And I, I'll tell you why. Um, it, it's not so much. It's not so much the content of the promo, even though I do think that was bad. It's it's the fact that it was such a blatant ripoff of MJF and CM Punk. Um, you know, and it, it to me it sounded so forced on both ends, and especially when. You're talking about Edge. I mean, if you go back and you look at um, all the people that he's worked with and the, and the level of feuds that he's had you know, s- since he came back, wh- whether it be Randy Orton, whether it be um, you know Roman Reigns, um, you know all of those have been top level promos that you couldn't miss. I mean, they were master classes in promos, and 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 this one was just it was it was such a miss because it you know it looks to me as if they are setting up the Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that that is fucking atrocious. First, first of all, you have nobody better. Than the Miz for Edge. Really, you're gonna put the Miz in the ring with Edge. It's kind of an odd pairing. Are you kidding me? You know, the most entertaining part of the Miz is Maurice. But yeah. but <laughs> for obvious reasons. Hashtag Canadian. Exactly. And French Canadian, what a what a wonderful combination! And sorry, Kevin, I wasn't talking to you. Um, but um, but it's just, I I don't I don't get it. You know, they brought him back from you know Dancing with the Stars, and and you put him in the ring with Edge, really. Re- <laughs> You know, and so as 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 soon as you know uh, the Miz came out, you know my head dropped in my hands. Now, of course, when I saw Maurice, I I perked back up. But you know, it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, if you consider every person that they have on Raw to potentially feud with Edge, you're talking. You know, AJ Styles, that could potentially be a WrestleMania match. You're talking Finn Balor. 
Kevin Owens. Ke- Kevin Owens, thank you. You're you're very obsessed with the Canadian angle uh, tonight, but I, I appreciate it. <laughs> you are coming. You are coming to us live from Canada, as you do it's every fun. week. So, so I appreciate it. Um, but uh, I mean, there are so many, uh, so many intriguing matchups. You know, Big E uh, is another one. Uh, you know, I, I would even, I would even enjoy seeing. You know, uh, Bobby Lashley versus Edge for something. Um, I think that could be very uh, entertaining. Um, you know, so for them to have all those options and choose the fucking Miz, you know, I I, I just don't get it. So that was a huge swing and a miss for me. Okay, so I guess we got your low lights because I was going to ask if you need low lights. Uh, what, what, do you have any highlights? Um, do I, do I have any highlights? Um, no, not, not particularly. I just, because, because, you know, I, not to pick on you, but, but you're, you're going to make the dirty dogs a highlight, really? That was weak. That's a stretch. All right. You know, I don't know if you're if you're lacking your insure for the evening or whatever the fuck, but you know we still have a fair segment of the show left, so you know you need to pick up your game, or else I'm not going to be doing this on a Saturday night anymore. This is, you're supposed Wait, to bring. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ben's last show. I'm going to be sending applications out tomorrow. You know, well, you know, we're supposed to do a serious show, and you're calling the fucking Miz and the Dirty Dogs highlights, and people are supposed to take it seriously. You're supposed to be the professor, not the dunce cap of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. What the fuck is going on? So I I do apologize for uh, for Elio's lackluster performance on the on the raw review portion of the show. Uh, but, um, but good try. Yay! And we will move on right, to fine, the... let's move on to AEW, sir. Absolutely. Um, and, and I, I have to start off with a low light, okay? What the fuck was that Cody Rhodes versus Andrade main event? Now, hear me out. You know, obviously, anything Andrade touches turns to gold. I get, I get that. Uh, you know, Andrade is amazing. Uh, but I have a couple points regarding Cody Rose in this match that I would like to bring up. Okay. As I drop my phone in anger, you, you know, I, I just, I don't. I don't understand Cody Rhodes, and I, I don't think the fans do either. And I think I think they might be getting frustrated with his presentation because, you know, he'll, he'll go from being an ultimate babyface to being a heel, talking about fucking golden shovels and, and you know, and taking his throne on, uh, you know, dynamite here. Now... Now, the other concern is, I thought um, 
I thought Cody had a growth on his back or some sort of fungal disease going on um, as he was trying to get through the match. Um, you know, the entire match, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what the hell is on his back? You know, and it was it was so once I figured out that it wasn't, you know, a degenerative skin disease, you know, I kind of was able to figure out, OK, he's setting something up for um, later on in, in the match. But in my opinion, having that stuff on his back really killed what was supposed to be the main spot. Of, of that match, you know, the high spot, because, um, you know, we, when, when you, when it is, when it is so, um, obvious what, what, what they're going to do once you figure it out, um, you know, it's like Babe Ruth calling a shot before the game even starts, and you're just, so you're not even paying attention to, the rest of the match now, you're fucking staring at this dude's back waiting for the payoff. You know, and, and it's just ridiculous. And, you know, were, were aspects of the match good? Of course it was. It's fucking Andrade. I could watch that man wrestle every, every, every day of the week. You know, in terms of wrestling, I have a massive man crush on Andrade, and I'm not ashamed to say that. But, um, but it's just, I don't understand what they're doing with Cody Rhodes. And so if, now if, if you want to talk about the actual spot for which his back was all prepped. Now, he, now he's getting ready to deliver a, a, a front suplex, like a, a, rever, a, rever, a reverse suplex, so pretty much... Andrade is going to land on his stomach and go through this burning table, right? And we'll get to the burning table in a minute. Let me just talk about the spot for a second. So, so Andrade is going for a ride with this reverse suplex to the table. He barely touched the table. And, and the, the man that delivered the offensive move spent more time on fire than the guy that took the offensive move. So what was the point of delivering that move? I, I you know, I, I don't understand it. You know, he's literally rolling around in the fire and, and Andrade barely touched it. So, it, it, you know, on top of, on top of, you know, his back looking like a massive Vicks vapor rub spill. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what's happening here. And then, oh, wow. <laughs> and then let's, let's talk about the stupidity of this. Do you mean to tell me that that Cody Rhodes needs his wife's help to beat Andrade. Wait, uh, th that was uh, that was like the end, right? What what, what yes. happened? Because I, I missed the end. Where? Okay, so here comes this mysteriously hooded figure. No, no, right. no! What? And lo and behold, it's Brandy Rhodes. Oh my god! Um, 
God. And here she comes with the lighter fluid. You know, she's spraying two things of lighter fluid on the table. Gee, I wonder what's going to happen here. Brandy sets it on fire and and sets up the spot for Andrade and Cody to go to the table. I, I, I think, um, I think Mr. Uh, Mr. Rose might have a, a pyrotechnic fetish because he spent more time in the fire than a fucking fireman putting it out. You know, I mean, what the, what the fuck was that? So, I mean, the the fact that the spot was so premeditated, you know, the, the whole, the, like I said, the whole thing with what was on his back was distracting me so much that it would, you know, I, I at first I was concerned that he had some sort of grotesque skin condition. You, and then it's like, oh, wait a minute, it looks like Vicks Vapor, vapor Rub. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was a fire gel or something. You know what? And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you go all ECW and you go batshit and you hurt yourself and go through fire. I understand that protections need to be made. Um, or, you know, I, not made, but put in place. Yeah. But but to me, it was it was more premeditated than the crash pad with, for MJF and Chris Jericho. I mean, it was, it, it was just bad. So what I so what I can say on this match, the match itself was bad, but like what you wasn't bad, but what you just said uh, makes sense because uh, yeah, that 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 the rest of it like Brandy Rhodes to help set that up. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the match in and of itself. If you take if you take the stupid table bullshit out of it, yeah, the match was good. Yeah. But but the whole the whole um, the way that everything was foreshadowed and then delivered, everything about that sucked. So and what what else do you have for highlights on here? Well, that was my low light. I mean, I would oh, never, wait, I we're, would doing, never... We're, we're doing low lights. Okay, yeah. Okay, what else do you have for low lights? And then um, and then the the other one was uh, oh let me let me see if I can. If I can find it. Oh, hang on. Where Where is it? Where is it? Do you need me to play music for our fans? Oh, oh. Here, here it is. Oh, see, my mic host is allergic to bullshit. Exactly. Uh, but what, but what in, uh, what in the fuck... Is Warlow doing? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I have that as my low light because yeah, that you know, no, that's that was bad. You know, he has a squash match against a kid named uh, AC Adams. You know, and, and, and what, 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 what was, you talking? I have to look this up. What What was the point of of a one minute and twenty six second squash match for Warlow? Uh, all it was was a clothesline and three power bombs. Four, actually, it was four. Well, I ha- I have three on my notes, but uh, but okay. 
I could be wrong. I, I, I yeah. counted three, but... Yeah, 126 for that match. But, I mean, what the fuck, oh, man? Oh, you know what? What? Okay, uh, I know who AC Adams is. Who's that? He's a wrestler named Ray Fury. I know the guy. I know I know Ray Fury. You know of him or you know him? I know I know of him. I, like I I'm I know a, a wrestler named um Alex Cruz. He's uh, friends with Ray Fury. Oh cool. And then the other the other little light. I'm sorry, I, before we go on, sorry. I also uh, looked up uh, his uh is like uh, other other companies. He's been in NXT. Oh. He had one match uh, losing to Cheat Rama. He competed under the name Chase Adams. Well, good for you, Mister AC Adams or Chase Adams or whatever the fuck your name is. Uh, collect your losing paycheck and go the fuck home. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, no, obviously. Hater alert. <laughs> you, no, no, I, I obviously don't have a problem with AC Adams. I'm just uh, not sure what they're doing in Smash matches. But anyway. I know, I'm just um, messing with you. Go on. But the the low lights continue because before... Um, hold on, let me, let, me see, let me see if this was before or after. The, oh, yeah. So after this, um, a little bit later on in the evening, we have... A, a promo going on between uh, the expanded Team Taz, which now includes Dante Martin and Leo Rush. This was the most awkward promo I've ever seen. Apparently, uh, well, just about. Because I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know if Taz had been off the mic for a while or whatever the fuck. But, but this was just... Really, really, no, I really hate it. I really hate it, Taz, with the stupid Steiner math. You can't come up with your own material. You have to do Steiner math. Well, exactly. And, and you know, if there's, if there's one promo you don't want to copy, it's probably the Steiner math from TNA. <laughs> what the fuck? But anyway. You know what? Um, I'm going to drop a little Steiner math of my own. Yeah. 52 episodes... Times 365 days a year plus two hosts equals endless hours of entertainment. 5,055 minutes. I don't know how many hours that translates into, but I'm, I'm not good with actual math. I'm not even good with signer math, but nonetheless. I just threw out my own signer math. I don't even know what I'm saying, what I said there. Well, neither did Taz on this promo, but let's get to the good stuff now. All right, high points. Go on. Uh, Brian Danielson versus Alan Angels. I wasn't expecting very much out of this match, but for six minutes and 13 seconds, this was very entertaining. Okay. As was, as was the promo afterwards. Um, Johnny Hunky is really growing on me. Oh, yeah, I've been a fan of this guy for a long time. It, it, it took it took me a while, but Johnny Hungy is really growing on me. Um, and then uh, the other the other highlight was um, was uh, 
Chris Statlander and Ruby Soho. I really, I really enjoyed that. That match, that was a good match. I, I, I actually, uh, after the match was over, I was about to rewind it and go and watch it again. But I, I'm like, I better not because I want to get all my shows watched for, for the week. Speaking of, uh, speaking of rewinding, I actually, um, I actually did that uh, numerous times on Rampage last oh. night. Okay, uh, I guess I can. Uh, when we get to Rampage, uh, we can, can uh, go over that. Cool. All right, uh, is that it, or do you have any more? No, I'm good. All right, I'll give you my highlights. My highlights is, of course, the Ruby Soho Chris Statlander match. Agreed. So that, um, and I have, of course, I have Brian Danielson, Alan Angels in there. And what are your low lights? I already gave my low lights. The Wardlow, the whole Wardlow and oh, the oh, yeah. team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All I'm right. Sorry. So now we're gonna move on to Rampage. All right, Ben. Yeah. What do you got to go on? Because you said uh, you rewound. Uh, yes, I did. As a matter of fact. Let me pull that up. Uh, Actually, you were doing Rampage. I am doing Rampage, but you said you rewound a lot through Rampage. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I got confused. Um, Yeah, I really really enjoyed um, the FTR versus versus Pac and... uh, Penta? Penta, I I I really enjoy Penta's work specifically. I I did. There's something about him that just reminds me of the old school Lucha Libre, mm-hmm. but like you know the the dark elements to it. I I I really get a kick out of that. Um, and then uh, and then I also uh, really enjoyed um. Oh God! What was it? It's because it's because I don't have it in front of me. Semi Semi Guevara in twenty days. Yes. Yeah. Yes. See, this is this is what ha- this is what happens when these are not my shows to reveal. I get confused, um, which is actually quite disturbing because I watched it this afternoon. Uh, so you can you can tell where my head was at, um, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you know, uh, Tony Meese was a little bit of a surprise for me coming into uh, AEW. Uh, not that, not that I don't acknowledge that he's incredibly talented because he is. Um, but I, for some for some reason, I expected him to uh, to have a have a run on the Indies before getting back on uh, regular television, but. It just in that one match with um, with uh, Sammy Guevara, he got more shine in that match than he did in his entire WWE run, and that should tell you how talented one, how talented Tony Nese is, but number two, the differences in focus between WWE and AEW. Um, and um. You know, uh, Sammy is getting better and better. I'm, I'm really uh, enjoying his work uh, more and more on a consistent basis. 
Um, I don't think uh, I don't think he's an effective heel, at least not right now. So it's it's Who good. Who's Sammy? Yeah, I mean, I know he's a, I know he I know he's a face, but I'm just talking about like um, back when he was doing the heel oh, run yeah, with yeah. with yeah. the inner circle. Yeah. Um. So this is definitely where he needs to be right now, and um. And yeah, big shout out to to those two. Arguably, that may have been the best. Um, that may have been the best TNT Championship match that I've seen. Yeah, I have that one as uh, my high point on here. And, Go on. And then, and then my low point, because I really don't understand this, uh, was Jade Cargill's squash yeah. match against yeah. uh, the Thunder Rosa's student. Yeah, uh, the, the demon karate chick or whatever the fuck. The the kick demon, I think they called her. Uh, yeah. What's but, a kick demon? Uh, well, I I don't know. It, it, you know, it looked like it looked like a bad cosplay cosplay of Mortal Kombat. Terrible, terrible, she, terrible. She looked she looked like she looked like a wannabe Molina without the freaky teeth. <laughs> But the the face paint made her look like Molina, you know, um, uh, Katana's evil sister. Yeah. See, see, you know Mortal Kombat too. I love you, Mortal. I know Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I, I, dude, dude, I used to play Mortal Kombat on Super Nintendo, and then I even had it on my computer. I used to play on the computer as well. Who, who is now? Now, excuse, excuse us as we have a little bit of a. Of a Mortal Kombat nerdery sidebar, um, but I'm just curious. Um, who is your favorite character to play as? Scorpion, because he used to always do that. Get over here, my man. That's that's my man. You're allowed back on the show. You were a little, you were a little shaky with your uh, raw radio there, but you. Re- Redeemed yourself. The Redeemer, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Sanan Miro. His name is Elio Canella, right here on the PNC Professor Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah, for me, it's a toss up between Scorpion and, uh, and Sub Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the when Sub Zero freezes his opponents and then he's, he's literally uppercut. Yeah, I, I was. I've also been very, very partial to uh, to uh, Kano. Yeah, yeah. So oh, we had we had a little bit of education. Our friendship just deepened itself live right here on the show. Very good. Um, Are we becoming friends? Is this us becoming friends? Are we friends? <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go do karate in the garage? I'm sure we can do it better than than, than the kick check or whatever the fuck it is. So, is that all I have for Rampage? Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. Now that we got the weekly shows out of the way, onto the fun stuff. Oh, no, we had to do SmackDown, remember? Oh, yeah, so. 
See, you, see, it was such a bad show that I almost forgot, I almost skipped over it. I was trying to save you. Well, see, but but I I can't skip this because I know that because, because but you have, you have some help. And I'm only going to mention one one spot, and you know which one I'm going to mention. So why don't you play the little bit to help me out first? So, so let me let let me set the scene for you for you people first, because because I got a little bit of false hope, but then of course, as Vince and company always do, they let me down at the end. So, I was quite encouraged by the opening segment with Brock Lesnar and uh, Sami Zayn. I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that Brock Lesnar just doesn't give a fuck. And you know he was he was having fun and just shitting all over Sami Zayn. I enjoyed that. And it, it goes back to what to what I said when they had the you know the Black Friday Battle Royal. And I'm like, well, this is going to be a clusterfuck because it just makes no sense to have Sami Zayn be the number one contender to Roman Reigns of all fucking people. Uh, and, and I explained to to our viewers that even though I do believe that Sami Zayn is a championship-level c- competitor, he just hasn't been presented that way on WWE TV since his NXT days. Now, now so I was, I was genuinely amused by this segment between Sami Zayn and... Uh, and Brock Lesnar, I, I was enjoying myself. But then, then, just as they always do, here comes the enema that is WWE television because you're gonna, you're gonna have Roman Reigns in the ring with Sami Zayn. Let me explain this to you because Brock Lesnar comes and just beats the shit out of Sami Zayn before the main event even takes place because he he was talking too much and, and said and said one word too much to Brock Lesnar. And, and you know, Brock Lesnar just said I talked to you and I was suffocating from the bullshit drivel. Exactly. Exactly. So he gets revenge and takes Sami Zayn to Suplex City. Bye-bye, Sami. You're no longer the number one contender anymore because Roman Reigns beat your ass. And, and now it's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at day one. Like we, like everybody knew that we were getting. Therein lies my problem. I don't have a problem with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at day one. At day one. Uh, I actually think that the the face Brock Lesnar is very interesting uh, to me because it's just so different from what we usually see. So it's kind of refreshing to see Brock having some fun and looking like a badass Viking and just kicking everybody's ass. Like I, it amuses me. What doesn't amuse me is if this was the plan from, pardon the pun, day one to have 
Roman Reigns go against Brock Lesnar. Why the fuck would you have Sami Zayn of all motherfucking people win a battle royal for the number one contender spot? Right. For the for the title to take on Roman Reigns in the first place. Okay. Because because at first. It was supposed to be Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn at day one, but and you know as I oh that match was taking place at day one. Yeah, that was what it was supposed to be. And then and then Why as I speaking of triple threat match, so you drew another one at day one for the Raw. I you know it, it just, well that's another story, but we're already done with Monday Night Raw. Yeah, so no, just, no, just, no, I, no. I'm just uh, saying, like, you might as well uh, do that. Allow me my peace of mind, as, as I already had to explain enough bullshit. Um. So so after after all after all this is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. I'm happy with that. I really am. But you spent weeks of WWE television going back to this. Going back to this, uh, you know, battle royal business, building up, well, you didn't spend weeks, but anyway, you know, why would you put, see, I'm confusing myself, I'm getting so flustered I can't even speak properly because of WWE stupidity. My question to you is, why would they put Sami Zayn in this position if they were just going to do this to him. They fed him to Roman Reigns. Literally, literally, the dude was propped up on the turnbuckle on two separate occasions after Brock Lesnar's ass kickery was completed. The first time by Brock, and the second time by the Usos. So, why, you know, why the hell are, are you making him WWE's version of the Scarecrow against Roman Reigns if you're just going to do this to him. Like, so basically, you, you wipe away weeks of storytelling, um, you know, to, to, to do this. this. This was a very roundabout way of, of, putting, of putting Brock Lesnar into this situation. I have a better idea, Elio. Oh. Why, why don't you... Why don't you continue the storyline with Adam Pierce and Brock Lesnar? Yeah, now, the story wasn't over. Well, and, and I, I know because these simpletons are going to tell me that they did continue it because they, you know, Sonya Deville had Adam Pierce on, on FaceTime and he was avoiding Brock. Fuck you, people. Because you're you're simpletons and I hate you. Except, uh, but but uh, listen, thank you for listening in to us. <laughs> I'm being facetious, but I, I I really do get frustrated when people don't see the big picture here. Because instead instead of having Adam Pierce run away like a scared little bitch, which I don't blame him because it's Brock Lesnar, but still you you could you could have instead of having Sami Zayn in this segment with Brock Lesnar, which I admit was entertaining, but instead of instead of putting 
Brock, instead of putting Sami Zayn, why not put Adam Pearce in the ring? You know, Adam Pearce is a wrestler, duh. But, like, this, they made him look stupid like he can't handle himself against Brock. That's like no. uh, that's like uh, they're make, that's like making Sunnyville look like she can't she can't uh, handle Naomi. Oh God! Don't don't get me started with that. But I'm I'm not. But you see what I'm saying? Like Adam Pierce is a wrestler, and you're running away from Brock. Yeah, I mean Adam Pierce is not is not your run of the mill spineless authority figure. Adam Pierce is a badass wrestler. Look it up, people. Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. Yep. Get your shit right. <laughs> you know this is not this is not WWE shit. Sorry, Tom. All you had to do was do the same segment you did with Sami Zayn and do it with Adam Pierce, and and have and have Brock Lesnar bully him into into a, a championship match at day one. That's all you had to do. Or or even better, put have have Adam Pierce abuse his authority against Brock Lesnar, have him climb a mountain, and and you know retrieve the magic hunting bow and earn a, earn a championship match at day one. No, there's no earning involved. There's there's nothing on the line. It's just Sami Zayn gets to look like a moron. You know, I get it, but I don't. Like, please don't misunderstand me, people. I understand what they did. I even found it entertaining to a certain extent. But when you really break it down, it just... WWE does things in the most roundabout, stupid, dumbass fashion where the, the fans are made to look even more stupid for having watched this shit. You can you can you can do this in a in such a simpler fashion, but yet do it in a way that builds compelling storylines. And and at least at least if not everybody finds it compelling, at least it makes sense. Putting putting Brock Lesnar in the ring with Sami Zayn of all fucking people doesn't make any sense. Making Sami Zayn the number one contender for a championship, you had no intention of putting him in the ring for contention for against Roman Reigns makes no fucking sense. Okay. I mean, if if you didn't understand that sentence, let me repeat it for you. Putting Sami Zayn in the ring against Sami against Roman Reigns. For a title he has no business competing for makes no fucking sense at all. Good God. I mean, I could book a better SmackDown in five minutes than what they put on the air. Because after this whole Brock Lesnar business, at the beginning and the end of the show, you could have taken a two-hour nap and not miss a goddamn thing on SmackDown. There's nothing else to discuss. <laughs> 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 well, I'm, I'm sure it was more refreshing than watching SmackDown. Oh man, like, uh, it's just terrible. So, so is that that's your the start of your little lights? 
No, that, that was my entire SmackDown review because I'm not going to suggest oh, okay, you. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. So we're done. Yeah. All right, very good. So now on to the fun stuff, man. Now that we've covered all the weekly shows, I yesterday picked up the PWI February 2022 issue, which has the top 50 tag teams. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm going to warn you ahead of time. I'm about to blow a gasket. Now, I'm going to do the top 10, and then uh, we'll, like... uh, We'll go through like 11 to 20 or whatever and take a look at the rest of the top 20. Okay. Okay. So let me just pull up the um, PWI issue that I have here. I can't believe this list because when I saw this list, I I don't know what to think. Now, you already saw the top 10. Yes. So, opening it up right now. The, major- the majority of which I didn't have a problem with, believe it or not. Here we go. Now, at number 10, we have the Good Brothers. That's a little bit of a stretch. At number 9, the Street Profits. Okay. At number 8, Suzuki Goon. Uh, El Desperado and Yoshi Nobu Kanemaru. New Japan, again. I can't count because I don't watch yeah. New Japan. At number seven, Ben's favorite tag team, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Fuck right off. Fuck <laughs> off now. At number six, I'm sorry. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. That's what I said, sorry. Go on. No, you mean to tell me, and I'm not yelling at you, I'm I'm yelling at the stupid dumbass named Dave Meltzer at Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Or whatever the fuck. I I love to yell at Dave Meltzer, but who who runs Pro Wrestling Illustrated? Do do we know? Honestly, I don't know. I only know that... I I only know the guy who does the PWI 500. And uh, like 250 or whatever to 500 because... Because of the way he uh, does it. Right, he Which, only watches well, one match. He watches one first. match of every wrestler, and that's how he determines. That's well, only, that, like, in the rest of the, the rest of the PWI 500, like, is done by uh, someone else. Cool. But, you know, it's just, are you kidding me? You're going to put, you mean to do... <laughs> You mean to try to convince me that the gun club, or not, I'm sorry, not the gun club, the bullet club, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are worse than the Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler as a tag team? What the fuck are you smoking? <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, I am. I am on a rant for the stupid bitch that made this list. Indeed, <laughs> I am. Because, because, let, let, let me explain this to you. So, usually, if, if you're a listener of this show for a little bit, you know that 
that Ben and Elio's list that he finds don't get along. I, I, I find these lists that he finds on TikTok or Facebook or Twitter to be asinine. I do. I'm sorry. They're, they're, I'm glad he brings them on the show because it, it provides me and, and by extension the listener with comedic relief because I get to go the fuck off. But I no. get to go the fuck off. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's just I can't fathom a list I'm supposed to take seriously that has Shayna Baszler and Ajax listed above the good bro- the good brothers or any tag team for that matter. You know, and I you know, when when Elio forward forwarded me this list a few days ago, here I am, I'm all happy because finally he found a list that I can agree with and I can be happy with and oh, number one is this team. Oh, well, of course they are, they're badass. Number two, not that bad, three, four, five. Oh, I'm so happy. This is a really well-constructed list and not put together by a virgin living in his mother's basement. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got to number seven. On the list of the top 50 best tag teams in in professional wrestling. And whose names do I see? Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. First of all, let me break this down for you. Uh... Naya has revealed that she probably will never wrestle again. Mm-hmm. Now, as a human being, I hope she finds happiness and, and, and good, good, good for her. I, I, obviously, I'm, I'm being, I'm being serious. That from from the human being Ben Pierce to to Nia Jax, I I understand that the internet trolls are annoying, and if you don't want to be a wrestler anymore because WWE destroyed it and treated you like trash on the way out. I understand that. Now, that's the human side of me. Now, the podcast host and the guy that, that's going to have some fun with this would like, to, would like to say the following public service announcement. Thank Christ that Nia Jax is no longer a professional wrestler. That being said, you're going to name somebody who is not an active professional wrestler at this point, who, when she was an active professional wrestler, injured more people than a fuck than a fucking Gatling gun in World War Two, motherfuckers. I just, you know, what the fuck is going on here? I mean, good lord, good lord, we. We've we've sustained more gunfire watch, watching a Nia Jax match in the entirety of World War II for fuck's sake. I you know, I don't understand. And why did my co-host mute me? Did I say something that was so egregious? Did I mute you? I know yes, I don't you... I don't, I don't mute myself. No, because I muted myself. I thought. Uh... Okay. No, I didn't know. All right. Okay. Okay. Good. I was I was about to go on a Nia Jax worthy rant to my co-host, but I don't have to do that. But it's just it's um. But in all seriousness, we've been having a lot of fun here. But um, in all seriousness, I cannot believe that Nia Jax 
made a list that includes the names that it includes. I just, it's stuff like that that makes these lists lose credibility in the blink of an eye. I just, and it's don't not just, and it's, it. and it's not just any list. This is the PWI list. I mean, and God, God help me. Like I said, you know, from a human perspective, I'm not trying to be an asshole. But can we just be honest? Nia Jax is one of the worst professional wrestlers I have ever seen in my life. And and look, I mean absolutely no disrespect. If you don't want to be a wrestler anymore, you know, if if you're if, if you're angry at WWE for the way they handled your release, and, and if from what I'm hearing is true, then I agree with you. From a human perspective, I have no problem with Nia Jax. I do think there are internet trolls. I agree with her there. But, but as a professional wrestler, am I supposed to mourn the loss of Nia Jax? You know what I'm mourning, Elio? The fact that she is on a list from a prestigious publication such as the Pro Wrestling 500, 500 from Pro Wrestling Illustrated that is not listed the worst professional wrestlers we have ever seen in 30 plus years of Ben Pierce watching this fucking programming. <laughs> That's what I have a problem with. Alright, so can I move on to number six? <laughs> Yes, I suppose. At number six, we have MSK. Okay. At number five, we have ALK. This is a women's tag team from Stardom, which is a Japanese promotion. They are made up of two women named Julia and Siri. Yeah, I never heard of them. At number four, we have the Usos. No, I was surprised that they were only at number four. I would have expected them to be higher. At number three, we have Dangerous Techers. Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. Again, this is another tag team from New Japan. Well, I would have to agree with the ranking, knowing that Zack Sabre Jr. is in it. At number two, we have the Lucha Brothers. Oh God! And now you're now because I I already know number one, so allow me to be the the grand reveal. At number one, the young bucks. Now, now I understand it. I yeah, I understand why these guys are so popular. I do. They've had some really badass matches against FTR, Lucha Brothers. I get all of that. But can somebody explain to me why they are considered the best tag team in the world? Yes, they've had great matches. Yes, they're entertaining. No, they don't have the ability to sell for jack shit. They don't sell enough for me to take them seriously. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, and, and you, you would excite me probably to be more of a fan of the Young Bucks, but to be honest with you, I don't get it. The, to, to me, they are a cosplay version 
of fucking rockers, and I I don't I'm, I honestly I don't get it with the young bucks, but on the other hand, I do. But it's just every time I watch, every time I see them, I just want to cringe. Uh, that's just me. So, so that is the top ten bent ways seem to look at eleven to twenty. Yes, let's. At number eleven, we have the New Day. Wow, they are low on the list. At number twelve, we have the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tangaloa. I agree. And number I would have, I, well, I would have expected them to be higher, but they definitely belong on here. And number 13, we have Nueva Generación Dinamita made up of Cuatrero and Forestero Sanson. They are a tag team from the AAA promotion. Cool. At 14, we have The Foundation, made up of Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal, Red Titus, and Tracy Williams. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the ROH because I think they're done. At number 15, we have RK Bro. Wow. Okay. <laughs> At 16, we have Next Dream, an all Japan uh, from, uh, tag team made up of Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi. Yuma who? Yuma Aoyagi. Okay. At number 17, we have Los Guerreros Laguneros. A CMLL stable made up of Ultimo Guerrero, Grand Guerrero, and Euphoria. Never heard of them. At number 18, we have Fire and Flavor, Kiera Hogan, and Tasha Steeles. Holy shit. What? At number nineteen, at number nineteen, we have FTR. Oh fuck! Right <laughs> off, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> you know what was I saying earlier about not being able to take these these uh, lists seriously? I rest my case. FTR at number nineteen, fuck you. And at number twenty, Jurassic Express. Oh, I think I killed my co-host. Everything finally happened. I've killed my co-host. I'll be sitting on applications tomorrow. Oh. This is what, what do I do now? What do I do now? <laughs> what? What do I do now? I've killed my cohort. Ah, Ben. This is fucking terrible. Ben, please rest easy. I will be. I, I, I will make you proud. I will find a suitable co replacement. <laughs> You're gonna need to replace me after this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? Okay. <laughs> now that we got through that list, Ben, when you say we uh, get into going to our time warp segment, you're saving from this. I uh, wow. Okay. Um, let me see if I still have um. 
a couple of Memphis shows, but I do have our first trip is going to take us back. Oh, here we go. Okay, the, the first one we have is Memphis Wrestling from February 20th, 1988. Oh, very cool. All right, so we open the show with Gary Young defeating Alex Reynolds. Then we have, we get breaking news that Max Payne has defeated Jerry Lawler to become the new heavyweight champion. I'm sorry, who? Max Payne. Wow. That's and, a no, not, not, not the WCW Max Payne. This is a completely different person. Well, still, that's a shocker for Jerry Lawler to lose. Right. And then we had... Our second match, Max Payne and Gary Young defeating Rodney Knapper and Alan Reynolds. Wait a minute, why would, why would, would he compete on on the same card twice when he already competed for the championship? Oh no, breaking uh, news, that was breaking news, that happened at a, at a, a live event. The title change. Oh. So then the Midnight Rockers come out to cut a promo on their upcoming match against the Rock and Roll Express. The Midnight Rockers here are the heels. Oh. Interesting. Then we have Jerry Lawler defeating Tommy the Choir Boy. Really? <laughs> That's the name, Tommy the Choir Boy. Holy shit. <laughs> More tag team action follows as Samu and Kokina defeat Ken Raper and Doug Dancing. Followed by an interview with Jeff Jarrett, and he goes over. He, he talks about his feud with Superstar Bill Dundee. Oh Lord! I thought you were going to say Superstar Billy Graham. I was about to shit myself. Then we have Jimmy Jack Funk defeating Ken Raper. And in the main event, Ken Wayne, Jeff Jarrett, and Billy Travis defeat the Blue Knight, Ruffin, and Ruffin Ready. Oh, God. Where did they come up with these names, bro? This, this was 1988. Good God. Okay, Ben? Yeah. From 88, we are going to travel to April 13th of 1990, where we had the U.S.-Japan's uh, wrestling summit from the Tokyo Dome. Okay. In the first match, we had Dan Crawford, Doug Furness, and Joe Malenko defeating Samson Fuyuki, Tatsumi Kidahara, and Toshiaki Kawada. I, I congratulate you for not tripping all over yourself with these names. <laughs> Thank you. I, 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 I really do. That match number two had Jushin Liger defeating Akira Nogami. And then we had the tag team of Chimmy Snuka and Tito Santana defeating Kenta Kobashi and Masafuchi. Oh, that had to be a really good match. Match number four Tiger Mask 2 versus Bret Hart went to a 20 minute draw. Now, that's a match I would have paid to have seen had, had I been alive. You were alive in 1990. 
You were like two years old. No, I thought this was still the 88 show. My bad. No, no, no. This is April 13, 1990. The U.S.-Japan Wrestling Summit from the Tokyo Dome. Okay, very good. Then we had Great Kabuki defeating Greg the Hammer Valentine. Match number six had Jake the Snake Roberts defeating the Big Boss Man. Well, I can't hate on that. Then we had the I, the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Masa Saido and Shinya Hashimoto defeating Masahiro Chono and Riki Choshu. Now, Ben, do you recognize the name Masahiro Chono? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was actually uh, one of the big names in NWO Japan. Uh, I actually knew that. I would have loved to have seen NWO Japan. Just like how how it how they were compared to like what we have here. Yeah, that would, I agree. That would have been a very interesting thing. You know, it, what, what really would have been interesting is like to, to have understood the NWO Japan connection before um, Chono was brought into um, WCW. Yeah. Match number eight, Haku and Jumbo Saruta defeating Kurt Hennig and Rick Martel. Okay, that's surprising. Match number nine, we had Shintiro Tenru defeating Randy Savage. Oh, come on. I, I, don't, I don't even care if it is a Japanese show. Randy Savage losing, that is a surprise. That was bad. Uh, when I saw the, the results and I watched this match because it was part of the best of Randy Savage, I mean the Randy Savage Unseen Matches compilation, I don't know how, what they were thinking here. Then we had the WWF World Heavyweight Championship Ultimate Warrior defeating Ted DiBiase. Oh. In match number 11, Andre the Giant and Giant Baba defeated Demolition. I've never heard of Giant Baba. He was a big name in Japan. Let me look him up. You you can keep going. I'm just curious. In the main event of the night, we have Hulk Hogan defeating Stan Hansen. That had to be great. Now, you have you heard of the story of Stan Hansen? Uh, I've heard of him. I'm not sure what story you're referring to. So, Stan Hansen, they gave him the name Stan the Larry Hansen because he used to deliver the Lariat clothesline. Okay? You know, the when the JBL does the clothesline from hell, that's uh, Stan Hansen's clothesline, the Lariat. Cool. Alright? So, now, Stan Hansen was blind, so... When he hit his opponents, he like he literally hit them because he couldn't he couldn't see see good because he was blind. So he was like hitting you. He would like really hit you with the clothesline. Oh lord! Yeah. So that is the U.S. Japan Wrestling Summit from the Tokyo Dome, April thirteenth, nineteen ninety. Ben. Next week, we are going to go, of course, back to Memphis because we got to get through these last few cards. Yeah. However, 
We are from there. We are going to go back to April twenty fifth, nineteen eighty six, and UWF at the Sam Houston Coliseum. I'm looking forward to that one for sure. All right. So now we're gonna close the show out the way we always do every week with wrestling roulette. Let me just uh, pull up the playlist, and the way it works is I play twenty one tracks. My co-host has to guess whose theme they are. Cool. Alright, so here we go with track number one. Are you gonna you're gonna keep track of the score? Absolutely. Alright, here we go. I hope I'm correct when I say this. Edge. Edge. You are correct. All right. Up next. Actually, I'm thinking we can count that, so that's the Brawl for All theme. Okay. Far and away, the best theme he's ever had. Um, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio, okay. Here we go. Nope, that's an ECW theme. Should I try, try it? Sorry? Go ahead and try it, just for shits and giggles. Alright, let's give it a try. Oh, hold on. Oh my god, it is Taz. <laughs> what? Yeah. How did you know that? Yeah, that's that's one of the ones I one of the very few ones I I would recognize. Oh my god. That's impressive. Wow. I <laughs> wouldn't have gotten that one. Cool. Wow, well done. <laughs> You know, I'm legitimately curious as to which wrestler had more themes, The Undertaker or The Rock? That was Taker. Oh my, you know what? I wonder how many themes both of them had. I mean, Yes, seriously. I would say Undertaker, because they always do some variation of his theme song. Where The Rock, okay, like you had like... Nation Domination, yeah, if you smell, then you, uh, they had the Hollywood one. Yeah, and the electrifying one. That's a Hollywood one. No, the, no, the, 
I know which one you're talking about, but um, but then they then they had all those uh, variations of of the Hollywood one. I think. Oh okay. Oh, so I, I I always thought that, like Fang was uh, the one that I thought that was a Hollywood. That's why I always got. No, always... no, no, the 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 Hollywood one is very distinct. That's a helicopter one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one up. What what do we got? Four and zero. Nope. That's the Sunday Night Heat theme. Okay. Uh, honky tonk man. Honky tonk man. Her earlier in the show, Maurice. Maurice. Nope, that's Elias's uh, self-titled uh, debut. You smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> you want to take a guess? You know, R- Rocky, I love you, man, but th- the last few weeks you've really been an attention whore on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> you, what's going on between him and Undertaker? Yep. <laughs> what the hell? That was probably... That was probably one of my favorite Undertaker themes. What is going on this week? I don't know, but I'm 8-0 so far. I have no earthly idea. Not even a guess. Uh, no. Okay, that one is Ashley Massaro. Oh. Yeah, very, very sad situation with her. Yeah. Very underrated theme. Uh... Alex Riley. It is. I, lo- I love this song. When I, when I first heard it, I'm like, I love the song. I want this. Yeah. Okay, so you're not, uh, nine in one? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, n- nine in one. Track number ten. Eleven. Potentially the most racist uh, uh, gimmick in history, Mexicals. Mexicals, yes. All right, here you go. Number track 12, right? Yeah.
Um, is that The Rock again? No. Who was it? That was Christian. Just close your eyes. Oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have gotten that. So 12 and 2. Uh, no, it was uh, 10 and 2. Sorry, 10 and 2. Okay, 10 and 2. So, okay, so track 12. Sorry, track 13 coming up. Yep. You're 10 and 2, you're doing well. Kofi? Kofi Kingston. <laughs> cool. Wow. Okay, here we go. Track 14. Santos Escobar. Oh shit, I was way off. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, we're... That's embarrassing. Ten and four. Uh, uh, no, we're um, 11 and three. Okay, see why you're keeping track? Yep. Alright, here we go. Care, spike your hair, Zack Ryder. <laughs> Zack Ryder. <laughs> See, so uh, 12 and 4. 12 and 3. Wait, 10, oh yeah, 4. Wait, this was track 15. Yeah, so 12 and 3. 12 and 3, here we go. Next one up. Jeff Jarrett with my baby tonight. Oh, for no, no wonder I burned that out of my brain. Okay, 12 and 4. That must have been early Brock Lesnar. Yes, early Brock Lesnar. That is an ECW theme. That's alright. Who was it? That was Tommy Dreamer. Well, in my defense, most of the time I couldn't hear the themes in ECW because it was so loud. (laughs) Okay, where are we at? 13 and 5. Up next... 
Beth Phoenix, maybe? Beth Phoenix. Okay. So, six... 14 and 5. 14 and 5. Nine, two more. Yeah. 19, here we go. Was that Luke Harper? Say it again. Was that Luke Harper? Was that Luke Harper? Because it sounded like it. Ben. What? What did you say? What the fuck did you just say? How can that be Luke Harper? What? It was Sting, WCW. Uh, uh, well, shit, that's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, this is the last one, right? Yeah, 14 and 6. 21, here we go. That was a bad theme. That was terrible. Well, that's the best record that I've ever had on, on uh, that show. I heard that game. I can't I believe you got that Taz one. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> How? <laughs> uh, oh, man. Okay, so that way, see, we bring the show to a close. Very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for another week of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Oh, wait a minute. We, we were going to do the um, NXT War Games. So we don't have to do the... Uh, no, you know what? We'll, let's do a post-show for that. Yeah, we'll do it on Tuesday. Okay, very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Another episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, say goodnight to the listeners. See ya. Thanks for listening. And I deeply, deeply apologize for missing that Sting theme song. That that is that is profoundly embarrassing. I am so sorry. I I promise you I will do better next time. I I, I made history. I got the most right, but I got the most humiliating one wrong. I am so sorry. I will, like I said, I will try to do better next time and cleanse my sins right in front of Elio Canella right here on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I talked to you and I was so <laughs>